Hey, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch or recap shows that we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept, and characters can be used in your role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my co-host, Afif, who is currently wondering um, how you send an email into this podcast. I am, and I'm not sure how, how we go about finding out how to do that. Well, here's a tip. You listen to the podcast, and at the end, I tell you. Oh, but then I'd have to listen to myself. All right, pass. Yeah, yeah, pass. That's a, that's a thing. So how about uh, everyone just send an email through to dndntvpod uh, at gmail.com and um, write about how awesome you find the podcast and all the mistakes we made in talking about um, Arcane, which is what we're doing here. We're talking about uh, the full season of season one of Arcane that we have just wrapped up uh, talking about in total. I've got my words tonight. It's a, it's a good, it's a good thing, time for all. Um, I have a confession, Afif. Um, I'm listening. This game looks so fucking bad. Like I, <laughs> I don't I don't like it. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. Like why it's, isn't it like yeah. the show? I I want it to be the show. Well, that's why they're doing other games, right? That's why they've licensed they're starting to license out the IP so that other people can make games. Yeah, there's some other Good. games. Is this what that Runes of Terror thing is where it's cards? Uh yeah, there's the card game. Well, the card game is made by them. Um, um, but it's still like from the Witcher. Uh, similar, yeah. The card game has got a lot of more like lore-related stuff, though. So good. That's honestly the lore to me is what was so amazing about this series. Like I loved this series because it felt like a real world, and the clips I've seen of League of Legend. Okay, here's the way I've been thinking about this for a bit. And here's the way I think the the analogy. So you know Super Mario Brothers? Yes. So Super Mario Brothers, like the video games, you've got like all these, you're running around and you're saving a princess and you've got all these different worlds and you've got like ongoing adventures. And like you've got all the different people that you keep meeting. And then you have Mario Party. And... It's basically based on luck and you've got like the ghosts who are also like playing board games with, with Mario and his friends and like everyone's just hanging out. That's what, that's what Arcane is to League of Legends in my mind. It's the Super Mario games post to Mario Party. Um, honestly, yeah. You're not you're not far off. Maybe a bit less, uh, maybe less like luck. Probably more like Smash Bros, where you've got all the these Mario different Kart, characters. Maybe. Yeah, like there's definitely. I wouldn't say. I think the luck thing. I'm just gonna get in there and kind of save your ass before you get <laughs> cop too much <laughs> cop too much heat for that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, fair. That's fair. But but it is it is definitely got that kind of mishmash of. It's not quite the Fortnite level of let's sell our soul to as many different IPs as possible. I mean, honestly, I respect Fortnite more. 
Well, they, they've just, like, like, taken it to the extreme, but they've, like, lent into it, and somehow it works, you know? Yeah, because I know Fortnite's got its own little solo player thing where all this lore stuff that they've got going on actually makes sense. But like, I did right. not know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know too much about Fortnite. Um, but yeah, that, that tracks as well, where it's just like, hey, look at us, we're all like a team, we're all different people. And um, I don't I, mm, I don't like it. I don't. Because what happens if they get killed in the battle? Like, does that mean that they are dead? Like, is do they come back? Yeah, and every time it... a character dies in League of Legends, in, in the lore, they have to write off that character and kill them as well, legally. That would be... This is like in Apex Legends. Like, I never understood how that worked either, where you have the same people on different sides. Um, God, you're sounding so old. So old and so boomery. I like the way you're just making get... fun of me rather than using like your knowledge of these things to explain it. I I don't get the video game. It doesn't have to make it's sense. Just, it's not a story. Back in my it's day, we had game. Pong, and I, we, we were happy about it. it How does Mario get bigger from eating mushrooms? It's not what happens when you eat mushrooms. I like that yours sounds old and mine sounds like Bane from the Harley Quinn <laughs> show. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. I think we've established that I am old, and my look, my video games are good ones like Sim City and like Civilization, ones where I don't have to deal with the other people in the world. I mean, those are both games about about managing people, like yeah, but managing fictional people. It's not like I have you don't to want to fly. deal with the people; you just want to be in control of them in every yeah. aspect of their lives. Like, I don't log on to other servers and stuff and, like, play actual people. I just go against the computer. Like, that's what computers are for, to get beaten by me. Okay, kind of a tangent, but how do you feel about, like, playing someone else's character or vice versa? Oh, in, in a role-playing game? Yeah. Um, That's kind of what you just said, like. Yeah, I honestly don't like it. Um, no, there's kind of, that's a, a line, a- right? Yeah, as a game master, I'd rather write them out of the scene or have them not be present for an adventure if they're not there. Uh, and as a player, I'm like, the game master can take care of this. I'm not I'm not controlling somebody else. Yeah. I remember in, back in the day... Oh, God, I'm going to sound really old. Back in, With, back in the day, I was born in the darkness. In the <laughs> I was born in the darkness. No, uh, in the play-by-post days of role play online um we had very strict like i my, myself and my partner at the time we were running a wheel of time uh play by post role play and it was really more of a writing site and we had very strict rules about moving somebody else's character in a scene like you really this was full on getting consent if you wanted your, the other person to do something when you were writing a post you needed to check with them first and yeah. say, what would you say in this situation? And I'll write it into my scene, and then you don't have to write it into your scene kind of thing. It's like, you do not move someone else's character without their permission. Yeah, for sure. And part of that is because if you move them, they then have to like retcon and reconcile why their character did these things when they weren't really in control of them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I just don't hold with that. That's my opinion. Um, I also agree. If it might just be minimal things like like oh, you know, like if it's a player that's missing a session and it's like, okay, this you know, that this character volunteers to stay behind and look after the NPCs while we go into the dungeon sort of thing, you know. Look after the horses. Yeah. I think also if they trust particularly even a combat heavy game, like where they're needed, and they trust another player to use their character and know the stats, that's fine. Like I'm thinking critical role in particular. Ashley Johnson, yeah. who was out regularly, someone else would play her character, or she'd get two people to to run it. Her character wouldn't take too much take a backseat in the role playing, but in combat would be doing things. Yeah. And it's like that's that's fair. That's a little different. Uh, all right. Shall we get into some emails and messages from Insta about um Let's about do it. the show? All right. First one is coming in from Hex Tech Support. Um, this is one that was sent into the email. Uh, and they're basically talking about the final part of the series, uh, which is, is this a defeat? Did the party fail? And Oh, good question. And good name. Yeah, I how do you feel about having a party fail? Like do you pull some think, strings so they can well, keep going? Do you think it's a fail? That's the first yes. Question. I think it's a downbeat. I think that they have hit a point in the story where it's the Empire Strikes Back, where everything's gone bad. And if there's a second season, then they continue the story from the downbeat. But yeah, if this was a one shot, the party did not achieve their goals. They they fucked up. Yeah, I also agree. It was it was a bad. It was not ideal. Well, how do you feel about that? Would you be willing to let that go, or would you give the the like if you were just running a one shot and they got to that point where they failed? Would you go to them? Hey, let's do, let's do another session and see what happens. Or, but but you'd already um, planned like this was the climactic moment of the sh- of the plot. Definitely not for a one shot. Um, what about a but I think I the one shots not great. Obviously, yeah, that's kind uh, of a specific example. example. Yeah, I guess like in a campaign, you can feel obligated. I think if it's if it's like the very end of a campaign, like you want it to end on a high, um, almost like a sunk cost thing as well. But I think. Broadly speaking, like failure is not a bad thing, I guess. And this is definitely, I think in this particular instance, this is clearly not the end of a campaign. Like there's stuff set up mm. to carry on, you know, like we could keep going with this story essentially. Um, yeah. So I think from that perspective, if it's open up enough where we can still keep telling the story in a different way, then I think it's fine, even if it is a very, a very, very bad thing that's happened. So you think the only way for a true defeat is a TPK? Um, Do you like the way I'm putting yeah, words in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you put it like that, Jeremy, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, people define defeat differently, I guess, and it'll be yeah. it'll be different for different parties as well, I guess, as the other thing. Um, See, I feel that I would be more willing to go, this this massive boss battle is the end of the campaign. 
whether you win or lose is down to this, maybe not down to this combat, but you know, you've done everything up to this point. And if it's not enough, it is not enough. And things will fall out from here, but this is where the campaign stops. And we might pick it up again 10, 15 years later, and you can, might come back to those characters. You might pick up new ones. But that's where the story for this point ends. Yeah, I mean, that's also a solid approach. I'm down with that. Good. Because, yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that you don't just keep getting a ch- You don't keep getting chances until you succeed. It's like sometimes yes. you've got to roll the dice and sometimes you fail. I mean, that's the thing about D&D, you know? That's what makes it different and great. Yeah, you got to roll the dice. Roll those dice. Um, okay. Um, next question. Next question. I think we answered that one pretty well. Uh, Vi stands for victory, is asking us. Uh, this is another one that came in by email. Uh, Jason Victor survived the missile attack because they're in the game. Would you have any characters who are protected by plot armor like they are? No. Um, not really. You're talking about NPCs or player characters? I'd say NPCs. I think yeah. player characters can handle themselves. Yeah, I think those are <laughs> those are free free real estate. Kill as many yeah. of those as you want. Oh, you can try. You can try. I'm going to um, say, in other systems, no. I am not as lethal as people make me out to be in D&D. <laughs> Um, I don't think any NPCs, like, usually you can, I mean, it's tricky. It's not like they're actually invincible. If there's, like, a friendly quest giver that's, like, never in a position of danger, it's like, they're just naturally not going to realistically die. But then if the players, for whatever reason, like, I I want a finger of death, this guy. It's like, I guess, sure. I guess he's dead. Like, you know. Like, I'll well, let that really happen. get away from a death finger. <laughs> exactly. That really is short what the spell should be called, to tell the truth. There's a lot there needs to be more finger spells. There's not enough of them, yeah. I think. Finger that of, way you um, just don't know. Finger of death, finger of nosebleeds, finger of a slight cough. I like the idea though that they don't they all look the same, like in terms of the somatic. Yeah. Um so no one knows what finger you're using. And I was like, whoa, 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 calm down, calm down, buddy. It's just uh Oof, which I like the idea here. that it depends on which finger you use. <laughs> That's also like good, I'm, yeah. I got to use my thumb on you. You know what that means? Oh no, I'm going to be unlucky in cards. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Uh, I I'm trying to feel. I feel like there are some NPCs that I do protect more than anything else, and that's just because I enjoy playing them. And I try to make it like it's not, um, like I don't drop a building on them and then have them come outside and go, look, I just happened to be not there or something like that. I always make it a reasonable thing. Like I'm in control of this world. The building's not going to fall on them unless I want it to fall on them. But I, yeah. I don't count that as plot armor. I count that as creating the situation so the plot armor isn't needed. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to think about like, why would that character have plot armor, you know? And, yeah. like, if it's, like, a friendly quest giver, then it's, like, well, could you just have someone else give the quest, you know? Like, um, unless they've got connections to whoever else, in which case, well, 
maybe you don't want them to die because you haven't planned for that, but then because of those connections, that could lead to a lot of interesting things if they do die. So, yeah. I like that that view. I'm thinking, I think people worry about, like, let's say we'll use the king of a nation as the NPC or the ruler of a nation rather than just be um, male-centric, androcentric, as it were. Um that if the party kills them or if they don't get there and the the ruler dies, that's going to have such wide ripples that the entire campaign is, uh, it will fall apart. Yeah. And I'm a little bit more, those ripples, like you throw a stone in the river, ripples come out, but the river doesn't stop flowing. The river doesn't turn around and go the other way. Like that's more the way I see it. So if the ruler dies, well, the prince steps up and the prince becomes ruler or the princess becomes ruler. And they're exactly, in the game master's terms, they are exactly the same as the old ruler was. Yeah. Except now angry with a reason. Yeah, now to angry. angry. And, well, you know what? Whatever was threatening the, the ruler previously was probably going to make them angry anyway. So you very have very little change to the story that you've got. But it feels like that you're make you're letting things happen. You're not protecting anyone with plot armor. Yeah, I like that. I can guess yeah. that's a little different when you're using like a licensed property, which is part of why I don't like licensed properties more most of the time. Yeah, and I think the honestly, I'm looking at the Marvel Multiverse role playing game at the moment, and one of the benefits for me is that partly because it's a multiverse. But let's say your party doesn't do very well and Spider-Man gets killed. You're like, oh, well, that was a clone. It's like, this is inbuilt in comics that you can kill major characters and they'll just be back the next week. It's like, plot armor exists for a reason sometimes. Anyway, that's uh, that's another question. Okay, this one came in from Instagram. This is uh, someone who sent an Instagram message, which is um, they are Piltover's finest. Um, the email, the email, the Instagram was uh, well. Our Instagram is at dndntvpod. So if you want to send messages, you can there. Which uh, they've said the three act structure of this series really appeals to me, particularly with the mini character arcs in each. What are some ways I could build a mini campaign around this format? Um. I like the way I read this question. Let's go, um, I haven't seen this ever before. I definitely didn't read this and, and thought about it before I um, came on the podcast. It's a good it's a good question, but I, I remember having a good answer, but I can't remember what the good answer was. <laughs> what do you mean? This is the first time you've heard it. No, I have actually, this is quite useful because um, the day we're recording this, uh, Super Geek Mike put out a really good video which was about developing a campaign based on backstory. Um, And honestly, go and kind of watch that because it is really good about using character backstory and using that to build an arc for the campaign and using that three-act structure of going, okay, so let's look at Vi. First First act is she's going to lose her father. Second act is her going to be looking for her her um, sister. And the third act is going to be realizing the sister's bad and dealing with that. And that's nine episodes, nine sessions. The first three, 
you kind of have those threats to the father building very easy and then she has to make that decision basically do you save the sister or do you save the father and then the second one you go okay well now we extrapolate a little bit from out from that we build it around we put in some some monsters as she's like you know some in investigation stuff of yeah finding what happened to her sister and then you have the reveal at the end of that act and then the final act is well now you've got to make that decision of what you do about it so it it's it feels kind of kind of easy now kind of easy now that i've seen that video um that you kind of go well where do they start what's the inciting incident that's the end of act one what's their lowest point that's the end of act two and when do they make the decision? Like, what's the decision they've got to make at the end of Act Three? Yeah. Um, I think the where what I'm thinking of, if I'm not remembering but formulating this correctly, um, <laughs> your notes, but I think you? it was having uh, no, I think it was having time skips. I think that was the way that Arcane was structured, and I think that was kind oh yeah, of that's thing. a good way to do it too. Yeah. Um, I think it was sort of the first break is basically like a big a big inciting event or a big decision basically that has, that you have to make, and then there's a time skip. Um, well, I guess the second break would be kind of the same, but the time skip is basically here's the impact of this decision. Um, yeah, and it gives you that nice kind of middle ground as well. If you're doing this in a shorter form campaign, where with like a dedicated time skip, you get to see the long lasting sort of impacts. Of your decisions and actions um without actually eating into too much game time um but then yeah that, that's like basically what the breaks are it's like here's like a big moment and then time skip you get to see what happens kind of as a result of that yeah i think that's a good way of doing it but i think also that you have specific moments before that like you work out when those moments will occur like whether yeah. it's number of sessions whether it's once they reach the end of an adventure or a quest or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as the game master, you plan those out a little bit ahead of time. Um, and have those time skips in place for you also to go, okay, well, this is what they did. What's the fallout going to be? Rather than have that uh, that ahead of time. Yeah, and then you can have your players wonder, like, how can we... We time skipped, spent like 10 years and we didn't level up at all. But in the, the three months, you know, we've been playing these three sessions. We've leveled up like five levels. Look, time works in mysterious ways. And don't, don't get me started on leveling up and how leveling up actually works. Like that's, <laughs> I don't, it's stupid. Like what level am I right now? Zero. I'm a level four <laughs> banker. There you go. <laughs> You don't know. I might be. Everyone's level uh, right. zero. <laughs> yeah, everyone's level zero. We know this. Uh, all right. So, uh, Born in the Ordal Brothel um, has a question for us as well. Uh, this is another one that came in on Instagram. Um, who has the best outfit? Well, that's oh. not true. They actually said who has best outfit, but I'm assuming they said who has the best outfit. Who has best? Um... Vi's Vi's certainly a contender for me. She's got the jacket, but honestly, you take away the jacket, what does she have, right? Big ass gloves. 
It's not really also, a style, though. You take away I the mean... jacket and she's showing off those guns, yo. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I'll put a barking up that. the rock tree on that one, aren't I? <laughs> um, um, I think Mel Madata has pretty solid outfits across the board. That's true. That's true. I didn't actually check if uh, Mel's outfits change over the course of the series. I think she's had. I'm, I'm looking now. I think she's got definitely got like one main one. Hmm. Um. I'm assuming she's got one. Like she obviously has the the hex over text scene one. Um. But it part of it feels like they're always in the same outfit. Like Silco, always the same outfit. Vi, no, he's, he's got sometimes got the coat or not, basically. He's either but dressed ones, up or he's not. Those I'm willing to believe because they're in the poor part of town, so they may only have one outfit. But someone like Jace, it's like, is he wearing like just the same clothes every day? Like different, Well, his is like a outfit. uniform, right? Like, So he's just got uniforms. Isn't it like the Academy uniform? Like, that's the same as Victor. Oh, yeah. So Melba Dard is just like, in the same clothes. Actually, Jace has that shirtless outfit. That <laughs> he does. Yeah. The, the well, well, I can see here the next person is is very fond of the shirtless Jace. Um, Savika doesn't really have a great outfit as much as I love her. No, she's she's got like a poncho that she just kind of wears over her her stuff. Let me Google the Imagine Dragons. I'm googling the Imagine Dragons. They have a pretty good look, look, actually. Let's want to have like a light bulb or something instead of an eye. Uh, I mean that's fine. Oh no, I liked um, what's his name, Finn, the Ken Baron gangster oh, yeah. guy with the Finn with his gold blazer. That one reminded jaw. me. That one reminded me of Cyberpunk. That was a very cyberpunky. That was a very cyberpunk outfit. Yeah. Anything where it's got like a metal jaw just makes me think cyberpunk. The well, Imagine I, Dragons I'm, just have cool tats, I guess. I'm sitting on Vi. That sounded weird. I am leaving <laughs> my choice on Vi. I want Vi to sit. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also weird. And now we just need Thief to come up with his choice. Um, I mean, I I dig it for Silco, honestly. Like when he's got the the coat on, like the full thing. He's got like the yeah. high collar. Yeah. That is pretty cool. All right. Next packs, you're cosplaying as Silco. Sure. Let me cut out my eye. No, we're just going to paint it. It's fine. You can wear a contact. Sure, it'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. Uh, this is another one that came in by email from Shirtless Jace Body Pillow. Uh, <laughs> that's an opportunity for merch if I ever I heard one. Uh, here's a quiz for you and a thief to take of what League of Legends champion are you? Uh, a thief, are you ready to take this? Oh, uh, sure. You'll take it, not me. All right. This is very unexpected. This is on a real me.com, uh, slash League of Legends. Uh, all right, here we go. Your first choice of champion would be a male champion, a female champion, or a non-human. Non-human, baby. All right. 
Do you like playing online with your friends? Nah, I prefer going against the enemies of my own. Or yeah, I need my team to back me up. Um, friends. Friends. I nearly clicked on the the wrong one just because I forgot which one was which. I feel like this may actually be like a real quiz. Uh, do you choose to worry a lot about cheaters online? Not too worried about cheaters. I care a little about cheaters, and depends on the situation. Uh, let's say I care a little about cheaters. I do care a little about cheaters. Some of them really bug me. Do you choose to bring teleportation? <laughs> I don't know what these questions mean. Oh. No teleport. Play with advantage on the line. With teleportation, bring- development and support is my first choice. Do I bring it with me, though? Isn't the whole point is that I don't have to? No, no, no. Let's say no. All right, no teleport. Do you like to charge in a group? No, playing restraint advantage is the key. Yes, don't be a coward, just go head on. Or a group battle should focus on the best timing. Uh, group battle, best timing. Yeah. What genre style do you prefer? Breakthrough flow, quick push flow, global flow, poke flow, kite flow, <laughs> grand move flow. Now I know that this is actually somebody's made like this a is- real... <laughs> This is very specific to League. This is a le- these are like League of Legends terms. Yeah, they're like, uh, mm, who should I play next? Rather than just global, you're this global person. flow, global like flow. Global I don't flow. know what those words yeah. mean. Uh, what operational difficulty do you prefer for heroes? Simple and brutal, general level operation difficulty that few people can manage. Uh, definitely the general. Yeah, general level operation. How far through this quiz do you think we are? Uh, like two percent. Uh, it's not, not that far. It's probably like 40. Uh, what is it used as an indicator when calculating the extent of your injuries? Derived from the hero's blood. I care more about summoner skills than calculating damage. Derived from the skill CD or skills plus summoner skills equals gold. Oh, wow. Oh. I don't know what this That's, means. That, this is so confusing. The second one. <laughs> So you want shirtless Jay's potty pillow? What are you doing to us? All right. Um, which of the following do you focus on more at the beginning of the pairing? The position of the towers, the movement of the playing field, the whole set of skill damage, my opponents, my own development. Uh, let's say my own development. Okay. All right. We're halfway through. Do you prefer directional skills or non-directional? That's a A, B, or both. Uh, directional. Directional. These, I, I it feels like it's been the, through a um, translator as well. Like. It does a little bit. How do you handle risks when fighting? It depends on the situation. Risks are exciting. I enjoy them. I stay hidden. I think I know what you're going to uh, say. Ri- risks are exciting. I was wrong. <laughs> what is your preference regarding the choice of heroes? Preferred development and a late rise. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm a child. Um, Bias burst, play the early advantage, or preferred set strong carry? Uh, Early advantage. Cool. Do you prefer face head-on or keep your distance? There's a both option on this as well. Face Uh, head-on. Good, good. If other people were to describe you with a single word, what would it be? I like that you only get three choices on this. Um, (laughs) Those are the only three words. (laughs) Only three words. Mysterious, optimistic, or wild? 
Uh, mysterious, I guess. Yeah, I'd say mysterious, knowing you. Like, not really optimistic, optimistic is not or, the... Yeah, I'm not optimistic, optimistic or, or wild. wild. They're just not an option. Uh, a champion should be strong and brave, intelligent, calm, and kind, a hero that shows mercy, funny, wild. I feel like this wild thing is uh, leaning towards a certain character. Uh, let's go wild. I'll just pick one wild answer to throw it on. One wild card? Oh, great. What the fuck is this? Okay, you've played the game. You must understand what these these questions are. Which wild monster do you think is your true love? Red buff? Blue buff? Code three wolves, four birds, and one electric crap. <laughs> I like how this makes no sense at all to you. Um, uh, electric That's why crab. you're taking the quiz. No, it's definitely scuttle crab. I get it. So, so the last one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm which assuming position it's scuttle crab. You... I don't know where the electricity is coming from. Sure. Which position do you prefer in ranked? Top, middle, bot lane support, bot lane ADC, or jungler? Does bot main bottom, bottom or robot? Bottom, bottom lane, yeah. Okay, cool. So <laughs> it it's basically mean, saying if you're robot. a top or a bottom. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely a bottom, but I'm a supporting okay, bottom. So, lane. <laughs> my god oh i'm gonna get demonetized uh what fighting style do you prefer precision targeted attacks speed attacks brute force uh let's go brute force why not yeah what type of fielding do you want your side to play developmental fielding playing an important role in the middle of the group control type play field online ganking power or anti-fielding type fielding ganking starts from fielding This has definitely been through a fucking translator. I'm assuming by fielding it means jungling. Um, sure. Which is a definitely, I'm going to say the developmental fielding. Yeah, important role in the middle of the group. This is right, very this funny is... for anyone who's played the game. I'm going to put this, good. say that. Good, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> this is the last question. Would you team up with a strong play if you met him during matchmaking? Uh, and the options are, it's time to hug the big guy. Why not join forces and prefer solo? It feels like two of those are the same, same <laughs> answer. Um, I'm going to say prefer solo. Okay. That way. Here we go. Here we go. You are Gangplank. Gangplank? The salt letter cool scourge. Guy. Gangplank, as unpredictable as he is brutal, is the fallen king of radiance known as Gangplank and is feared everywhere. He once ruled the poor city of Bilgewater, and while that time is long gone, some believe that it has made him even more dangerous. Gangplank gains extra HP if his shot kills the target or with removed scurvy. Gangplank eats citrus fruits. Yeah, he's got an ability. Control effects. <laughs> Yeah, he's got an ability where he eats an orange, and whatever crowd control effects are on you are purged. Um, what the fuck is this game? Okay, so Gangplank is actually really funny that you brought him up, because he's one of the few champions that's actually had his lore tie into his gameplay. Um, so basically, there was this big event. Scurvy? Uh I think he had a rework, not scurvy, different event. Um, but they were doing a big like lore event, and so it's like, oh, we like release all these new skins for these characters that are all kind of related in lore, and they released you know these short stories and comics and stuff like that. Um, and then in the lore, in the in those stories, Gangplank dies, um, 
and and so they were releasing these stories like periodically every week or whatever and then when gangplank died they actually disabled him from the game so you couldn't play him his character at all in the game no i don't like that um for like a week and then obviously oh. he didn't actually die they're like oh gangplank somehow gangplank returned um <laughs> and so they brought him back um but that's the only time they've ever done something like that and everyone hated it so they've never done it again that sounds really uh, cool yeah it's really interesting that that's the fucking character that i got and it's been brought up because that seems like something you would enjoy it is i really love that like all right this we're gonna go on a quick 40k a warhammer 40k lore dive sure very this quick, guy looks like he could be in warhammer from what i know of he really does he really does I've, yeah. don't worry everyone i've saved the photos so you can all have a look and see why a thief is so accurately this person get um, the ones where uh, he's eating the oranges those are the important pictures yeah i'll find that one yeah. don't worry he's the one i've got he's like squishing an orange so that's that's close enough uh so way back in the late oh no early 90s um there was a battle report in white dwarf magazine where the commander of the Space Marines got hit by a thing and he died. And so they decided, no, no, we like the story better. If he doesn't die, he just gets immensely scarred. And this became, they gave him a name and they gave him like a special stat block and they made a model for him. And it was a whole thing all through the 90s, all through early 2000s. And then they had a massive event where like the orcs attacked a, a thing and they created some fluff and said, that guy died. That guy like succumbed and just like slaughtered a whole bunch of people and was found on top of a whole pile of bodies. And that's really cool. Like that's your law moving with the game in real time. Like that's And then what was the what was the fallout though? How did people react to that? Well, I honestly was not involved with the fandom because um 40k players are scary and uh, I'm not that nerdy. (laughs) Please. Um, I say, looking at all my minis. Sure, yeah, um, sure you are. I've seen what you bought no, at I, this year. <laughs> I do, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fallout was. I feel that people kind of took it in stride. Like, this certainly was a time when, I mean, this was a lot of grognards who hated everything that came out but kept buying it, as there are now. But there was also the people who hate everything that happens and the people who love everything that happens. But certainly they didn't bring him back since. And which either means that they decided to get rid of him because no one liked him, or they decided to get rid of him because they wanted to feel that progression. And given that the move from Games Workshop and 40K since then has been towards progression, it feels like that for that second one. Yeah. I mean... It kind of goes, yeah, I mean, I don't know how big, like, the player base is in comparison. Like, comparing it to League is, is tough, because League is let's, let's look. huge. Let's yeah. do a quick little live Google. Warhammer 40,000 player base. Player base size. I'll, I'll Google that League of like Legends. A good thing to, you'll do League of Legends. All right, all right, all right. That's not helpful. They're giving me how to buy uh, 40 millimeter bases. <laughs> Play a demographic. Maybe we'll try that. What is Warhammer's actual demographic of players? 12 to 14-year-old boys. That's probably about right. Um, I don't think I'm going to get anything here. One more try. How many people play... 
How many people play Warhammer 40,000? All right, I'm going to share. The League of Legends player numbers were much easier to find. Maybe I'll share that while you're <laughs> still please, looking Please up. do, yes. Um, so I'm trying to find the most recent one I could find was 28th of September, which is pretty yep. recent. That's pretty uh, good. Of 2023. Um, it says the... Where is it? The monthly player base on average is 150 million. 150 million. Yes, on average monthly. Holy shit. Yeah. That's like half the United States. That's like five Australias. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. But it's um, bad. It's- it says League of Legends is the fifth most played game in the world uh, based on monthly numbers provided by Active Player. Uh, can you guess what the four above it are? Um, World of Warcraft? No. Oh, Fortnite? Yes. Fortnite's kind of an um, easy one, yeah. Call uh, of Duty? No. Oh. There is, an, um, there is a shooter, though, a different shooter. Apex Legends? No, I'm actually surprised that this game is, is up there. I felt like it's kind of out of the zeitgeist, but I feel like this is a oh. other countries, it's much bigger in other countries sort of game. What is it? Uh, PUBG is there. Oh yeah, that's going to be my next guess. Yep. Uh, and then Minecraft and Roblox. Oh yeah, of course, because of all the kids. Yep, yep. All right, all right, all right. Okay, well, I have so been those the ones find... that have time to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have found a number. Um, for how recent for is this number? Uh, two thousand and twenty-two. Okay, yeah. And it does seem like they're just going from subreddits. Um, which isn't isn't a bad one. This is the start of twenty twenty-two. Um, and basically looking at members and, you know, they're estimating 2.4 million people. Okay. Now, is that more or less than 150 million? million? <laughs> it's a little bit less. <laughs> um, so that's that's an English-speaking world. That's true. That is true. So they they do some extrapolation looking at the revenue for the company uh, and looking at somewhere between 3.5 to 5 million. I mean, that's that's still very solid. That is solid. It's like... What do you think, what do you think like, D&D numbers are? itself only has like yeah. 17 million in the US alone. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough thing to, to measure, though, for that sort of thing. It's not like... If it's League of Legends, it's like, oh, it's an online live service game. Like it's, yeah, there's a very easy way of measuring all the players playing. Yeah. And you don't, generally don't get like duplicate responses either. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. The final question does kind of tie in with that. So I feel, I feel less bad about um, going off on that weird tangent about those. Uh, and this comes from, uh, can I also call Vander Daddy? Um, yes. You can call him whatever you want. He's good, not going to come. Good question. <laughs> good question. 
<laughs> oh, is he dead? Is he dead? We did see that hand oh, in he? the in the final episode. Uh, all right. The question is: uh, What other video game would you want adapted into an RPG, whether using D and D or its own system? Um, what aesthetics in video games interest you that you want in your RPG world? Um, I know what I'm going to say. Um, Afif, do you want a little bit of time to to think of this one? Yeah, you um, can go first. All right, cool. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I want a Horizon Zero Dawn RPG. Thank you very much. Please, thanks. I want it so much. I think it'll be so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> just that that robot dinosaurs and discovering the world anew and that post-apocalyptic vibe to it. Oh, oh my gosh. I want I want it so much. That would be really fun. And I don't think you'd use D&D for that. I think you well, you probably could. But the the magic system, like there is no magic system in in Horizon Zero Dawn. So you yeah. don't need one. You you use something else then. I mean, the game's but, got cool uh, like weak a weak point system type thing, which yeah. you know, like you attack the creature in a certain spot and you chip off the armor, and then it exposes a weak spot and that sort of thing. That's cool. Yeah, but also just all those interconnected like intrigues and politics and maneuvering between all the different factions in the game, like the fact that you're wandering around and like solving murders. And stuff rather than just fighting giant beasts. And the beasts like, are kind of just have, always there. If you have robot dinosaurs, you've just that's it. That's your funding. You've got it, you know? Yeah. I would say, yeah. Just just give me that game. I don't I don't care about anything else. Um, right now, honestly. I don't want the Fortnite game. I don't want anything. I want I want Horizon Zero Dawn. Gimme. What about Roblox? I'm sure you can make Make remake Horizon Zero Dawn in Roblox uh, as a you can make that in, in, in Roblox. I'm not <laughs> touching Roblox. I am an old man. There's a word for old men who go play Roblox. Oh yeah. Oof. Uh, that's enough time for um, me vamping. What do you, what have you got for me? Yes. What do you want to play? For me, I mean, there's so many. I guess I want to stay away from like games that already are kind of rpgs i suppose yeah like Baldur's gate um, or something like that yeah uh i meant more like mass effect or you know that sort of oh thing. Yeah, yeah yeah um i have a story about uh Baldur's gate 3 actually very quick one at pax um yeah, saw, is, is astarian the vampire um yes sure um, i saw an astarian cosplayer and having not played the game I was like oh hey you here for like a vampire lap or something <laughs> He very kindly said, "No, there's this uh, <laughs> this game called uh, Baldur's Gate Three. You might have heard of it." I'm like, "Nah, nah. nah. What's it based on? Is it? Is, is it, it like Cyberpunk? What's... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so not Mass the Effect Elder or not Scroll. One of those. Okay. Yeah, Skyrim. Um, I would say I just really like. I kind of. <laughs> Mentioned it briefly last time we asked this question, but I think I'd rather go into it more now. But Into the Breach, um, which is a roguelike turn-based tactic game uh, where you play giant robots and you fight off giant like kaiju aliens, which all look like bugs. So um, is it just one person in the kaiju, in the giant robot, or is it like a team? Well, you could do it. If you were doing it as a TTRPG, you'd have everyone kind of going together. Um, but it's tactical cool. in a very simple way that has a lot of depth. And I think it'd be really cool to kind of translate that 
uh, yeah. into it on late game. Yeah. And just the, the, so the robots like and stuff. Are, yeah. A little bit like Lancer. Um, and the robots are very thematically cool. Uh, and it's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I know certainly there's been a few attempts at making like um, Mech Warrior um, RPGs. Yeah. And that always just came down to it's Mech Warrior. You're going to be in a mech and you're going to be shooting other mechs. Yes, you're one of the drivers, but that's not really the point. You're going to be in a mech shooting other mechs. It's a war game. Yeah. It's not as much about about top, tabletop RPGing. But that sounds like it could be a really good one. Like, I can see Backup that. Backup answer is anything by Supergiant Games. I'm just going to put that out there. What do they do? Let me have a look. Let's Google the ones They do Hades and Bastion oh, yeah. and Transistor yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I definitely just know all every, about those. Every game is just gorgeous. So you just went through your Steam list, then, didn't you? Uh, no, I talked about them last time. Honestly, like they're just their games are so beautiful, and the worlds are so rich and just ripe for exploration. So, is that what leans you into um, a game that you want to play? Would you just like steal the the look of the game for an RPG, or would you rather I think maybe a bit? Like, I mean, that was kind of the, the, that was the reason why I picked like the world of League of Legends for my campaign. It's because it's like, like the game wasn't scratching that itch, you know, it's like, I, this is a cool world. There are cool characters. I would like to explore that. How much of the lore did you ingest before you started this, this, this game, this RPG game? Oh, I had quite a bit, honestly. Like you pick up a lot of stuff because they do a whole, you know, when a new character comes out, they'll do a lot of like teasers and um it's just not in the game right it the lore is outside the game yeah. there's short stories and there's the, the videos and stuff like that and yeah but it's there it, mm, it frustrates me so so much <laughs> like pick a lane guys um <laughs> that's i'm gonna get so much fucking hate mail and you can send it to me at dndntvpog at gmail.com um you can come along and tell us what you thought of arcane the first season and what you think is going to happen in the second season um normally we do a little bit of a a guessing game now if um what's going to happen i think this this is just me i think they're going to do somewhere else in the world they're going to pick new characters they're going to talk about them as the war's broken out and the fallout from this Unless Jinx is like a super popular standout character, in which case they're going to keep doing this. These people. Um, I think it's an interesting idea, but I think they'll probably still keep it, keep it local, like continue the Piltover and Jinx storyline. Yeah, and Jace will be all sad because Mel's dead, and he's going to get yeah. a bigger hammer. And, and then Victor's going to ooh, something, something's going to happen to Victor. Something's going to happen, Victor. Something crazy. Something crazy is going to happen. And Heimerding is just going to be around. Oh, so zany. Uh, so if you want to follow us on social medias, only place to do that it currently is uh, Instagram, uh, which is at dndntvpod. Thank you so much for listening. And Afif, thank you for coming on the show. I have really appreciated this journey through League of Legends and Arcane that we've gone on. I like doing exactly 10 episodes. It's great. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It means we don't constrain ourselves too much. Wait, was was Edge Runners ten episodes? 
Uh, I can't remember actually. No, me either. Everyone oh, was pretty sure. We'll, It'd go, be about, we'll yeah. go back and have a look. Um, so we're going to take a week off um, for reasons. Um, have a rest, get some some episodes in the bag, and come back uh, in two weeks with a new series where we're going to be talking about something else which is going to be very exciting and watch the socials for what that will be. Uh, but also feel free to recommend stuff uh, via the, the places I mentioned before. Um, subscribe. Uh, so you get make sure you get the new episodes as soon as they drop, wherever podcasts are found. You can leave a like and a review, which would be really great as well, because that way we get out to more listeners. And if you tell your friends as well, you're like, hey, these people, they talked about Arcane and they were so knowledgeable and spot on that everyone should hear about it. And um, that's how you'll get people to to listen, because that's what I do. I say that all the time and people love it. Uh, stay safe. Be kind to yourselves. May all your hits be crits. And I guess we'll see you next time. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.